Somewhere deep within, each of us desires an inner flow of peace and power that transforms our daily attitudes, relationships, and life decisions. Welcome to the Peace and Power Podcast, where we discover how the living Jesus offers the flow of that peace and power in our everyday experiences. With the Bible as our guide, here is Dr. Jim Coleman with today's Bible Talk. What is the best promise you have ever made and kept? Maybe it was a promise to yourself to accomplish a goal or to quit a bad habit, and uh, you worked hard to make that promise come true. Or was it a promise to a friend, and you followed through? You told a friend you would be there when needed, and you were. It could be that your greatest promise is your marriage vows, and you have been faithful to and cherished your spouse. Well, the first chapter in the New Testament is a list of promises God made and kept. God is the great promise maker and promise keeper. You might guess, since Matthew is the very first book in the New Testament, and the first chapter of Matthew gives us the very first words in the New Testament, that whatever it says is very important, and you'd be right. But when you begin reading it, it doesn't seem very important. After all, it's mostly a list a list of names, a genealogy. How could an ancient genealogy list be that important? Well, Matthew is convinced that this list of names, this family tree and family line, is really a list of promises made and kept by God. In fact, they are 2,000-year-old promises by the time Matthew is writing them. And God's promises, says Matthew, do come true. First, a promised family comes true. This was the promise that God made to Abram and Sarai. You remember that Abram and Sarai experienced a great pain in their married life. Their culture and their neighbors and their extended family all expected Abram and Sarai would have children. This was their mission as a couple, and it demonstrated their valuable contribution to their culture. Added to this was the belief that barrenness was God's judgment. So Sarai felt unblessed by God. Add to this that Abram is now 75 years old and Sarai is 65, well past normal childbearing years. How painful. This couple felt incomplete, inadequate, and actually ashamed because they didn't have children. As a pastor, I have sat with and counseled with and prayed with couples who were disappointed and frustrated, hurt, and angry that they were infertile. They stand in Abram and Sarai's sandals. But God told Abram to go out and look at the night sky, and God made him a promise. Here's the way Genesis 15, 5, and 6 describes the promise God gave to this couple who were later renamed Abraham and Sarah. The Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the night sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Now listen to these descendants in Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah a descendant of David and Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. 
Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amminadab. Amminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. This list and the rest of the list in this chapter should never have existed, would never have existed, except that God made a promise to Abram and Sarai. And God kept that promise. Their promised family came true. Well, then Matthew says another promise comes true, a promised kingdom. The next list of names is how Abraham's family became King David's family. It reads like this in verses 6 through 10. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah was the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Joram. Joram was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Jotham was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh was the father of Ammon. Ammon was the father of Josiah. Most of these names were kings of Judah. And do you know why? Because God promised David a dynasty, a kingdom ruled by his own descendants. Here's the promise as given in 2 Samuel 7.16. Your house and your kingdom will continue before me for all time, and your throne will be secure forever. This is the promise the Apostle Paul made sure to remind the Jews of in his day at the synagogue in Antioch when he said, And it is one of King David's descendants, Jesus, who is God's promised Savior of Israel. Throughout the lifetimes in this list, God's promise was at work. There were good and bad kings, and the line was interrupted. It's interrupted today. There is not a descendant of David on the throne in modern-day Israel. But someday, Jesus, who is the promised Messiah, will sit on that throne promised to David as the greatest descendant that David ever had. And in fact, not only will he be a Jewish Messiah, he will rule the world, the world's king. We're going to see this more closely in a moment in verse 16. So, a promised family has come true, and Matthew says also a promised kingdom has come true. But the next promise in ancient Israel's history that came true was a homecoming. God's prophets warned Israel and Judah that if they didn't follow God's ways, they would be violently removed from their promised land. And that's exactly what happened to each nation. They were each defeated by the ancient world powers of Assyria and Babylon. And they were marched out of their land into exile. But the Lord promised them that there was a hope for their future. Their God would provide a way home, a homecoming. So most of the people in this list, beginning in verse 11, experienced that homecoming promise. 
Josiah was the father of Jehoiachin and his brothers, born at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the Babylonian exile, Jehoiachin was the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abiud. Abiud was the father of Eliakim. Eliakim was the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok was the father of Achim. Achim was the father of Eliud. Eliud was the father of Eleazar. Eleazar was the father of Matan. And Matan was the father of Jacob. This was a very painful period of exile. And it's been called Israel's Dark Ages. They couldn't believe that God had allowed the world powers to rush in and overtake them. It must have been very difficult for them to believe in the hope-filled promise of a homecoming. My wife Tammy and I have lived in and ministered in a military town during wartime. And, of course, many of the people we knew had friends and relatives who were serving in faraway places in very risky situations. And they wondered, can we hope that they will really make it back home? Israel experienced a very similar situation. Could they have hope in times of exile and great risk to their national identity? And yet the prophet Isaiah reminded them that someday they would actually be a light, revealing God's truth to the whole world, no longer in the dark ages. In Isaiah chapters 42 and 49, we see that image. How could they go from almost hopeless darkness to the most hope-filled light? There's only one way. God would have to send the Messiah, the light of the world, John 8:12, to them. That light was Jesus. In fact, read verse 16. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. So when you look closely at the people of God's incredible promises, the names of those that we just read, you see that through their lives, this timeline of God's coming Messiah progresses. Now true, Matthew skips some generations on the list, but the list shows a continuing line of names and lives through which God is keeping God's promises. These lists remind us why we should read the Old Testament carefully. It is this incredible story of how God made promises to ancient Israel and through them to us. And all of God's promises made there have either already come true or will come true. But the greatest one has come true, the promised coming of the Messiah, Jesus. So we have seen that a promised family came true. A promised kingdom came true. A promised homecoming came true. A promised Messiah came true. And then Matthew says in verse 17, in summary form, that this list of people also represents periods. He changes his close look into a broad panoramic view of the periods in which they lived. When you look broadly at the periods of God's incredible promises, it's through these eras that the timeline of God's sent Messiah is fulfilled. Notice the panoramic view in verse 17. All those listed above include 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the Babylonian exile, and 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. Matthew calculates his math in such a way that it highlights the timing was perfect for God to fulfill another promise by sending 
the Messiah. And Matthew was a man of math, an accountant, a tax collector. He knew what he wanted to say through numbers. And he calculates this perfect timing of God in sending the Messiah. May I ask, have you claimed God's promises in your life? Remember how we just looked at Abram and Sarai's pain and you know God promised to be with them and to fulfill his will in their lives. Have you claimed the promise that God is with you, with you in your confusion and your pain and your misunderstanding and that God is at work doing his will in your life? The Lord promised David a greater future than David could have ever dreamed. And the Lord has offered you and me a greater future than we can even imagine. Paul tries to encapsulate it with these words at 1 Corinthians 2.9. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And then turn to that time of exile ancient Israel experienced. Do you hear that God is saying to them, I can get you back on track. I can bring you back home if you trust me. Do you believe that for your own life? Do you believe that God can bring you back into a relationship with him like ancient Israel? And do you believe that the Messiah has come? That Jesus is the greatest king, the king who can rule your life today and in fact rule this entire world in righteousness and justice someday? Matthew wrote this genealogy so you could know. This list of names in Matthew chapter 1 proves that God is the great, in fact, your great, my great, promise maker and promise keeper. Thank you for listening to the Peace and Power podcast today, and we invite you to subscribe to hear the next upcoming Bible talk. Again, our website is peaceandpowerpodcast.com and our prayer is that God's Word has brought you a greater sense of a supernatural flow of God's peace and power in your life.